This is Generation Space, the official podcast of Air Force Space Command. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Master Sergeant Dave Salinitri, and welcome to another episode of Generation Space. We're coming to you out of uh, Los Angeles Air Force Base. Yes, there is a base here. A lot of people don't realize that, but there is. Uh, and it's home of Space Missile Systems Command, as you can see here, excuse me, center, as you can see here from the sign, because it's not an Air Force uh, installation without a sign that tells you exactly where you are. Um, Sitting with me are two awesome folks. Uh, we're not going to hold against them that they're both from Alabama or that area. You know, we have one jersey to Alabama here, so it's like War what can Eagle. possibly War go, Eagle. Yeah, what can go wrong here? War Eagle. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> this is what I've been dealing with for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, New Jersey went to Syracuse, all that good stuff. So uh, now we have uh, my first Air Force assignment. You know, they thought Air Force was thought it was funny to send this jersey guy to Biloxi, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, quite a culture shock, to say the least. So. I believe it. Yep. Yeah, there's a thing, a thing there called Sweet Tea. Uh-huh. Apparently it's a way. Oh, of it's life. a classic. It's a classic from the south. You got to try it. Yeah, 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 I did. And but you know, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like we got to the point where anything that wasn't like a gallon of sugar in it tasted bitter and not sweet enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's tr- tr- tends to be what happens. Yeah, you I move think. out west coast, and they take all the sugar out. I've of it. really missed it. I having have come out here. You know? uh, like yeah. you, you, you make it at home or anything like that, or <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I've tried fix. and I can't seem to replicate. I found it. a good Arnold Palmer when you mix a little lemonade in it, kind of substitutes for the sugar. There you go. Okay, that helps. So. It. That helps <laughs> <it a little laughs> exactly. Bit. Trade exactly. secret of the south for you there, Jersey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, hey, I like sweet tea. I like shrimp po boys and all that good stuff. So. I embraced that life in crawfish boils. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My, I, the first time I went home on leave uh, after living in Mississippi, I instead of saying like you guys, I said y'all. Y'all. My mm-hmm. friends looked at me like you, you know, Benedict Arnold. You traitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So like we're here to talk uh, 2.0 and SMC yes. 2.0. I guess there's some stuff going on there. So, uh, man, why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and what's your, uh, I know you're, you have a new role. Yes, so um, I have just transitioned from the uh, SMC CAG chief to the SMC 2.0 integration team lead. And what that means is I get to see uh, the center go through its transformation from the old way of doing business to the new way of doing business. Um, We are on track to do that and be fully operational by this December. So it's pretty exciting and, and we expect to see a lot of movements here soon. Okay, that's exciting. And sir, what, what's your what's your? Uh, yeah, you, here? <laughs> you know, uh, Captain Stuart Everson. Uh, why am I here? Well, I came to uh, Space Missile Systems Center out of AFIT, the Air Force Institute of Technology, and was matched to an advanced academic degree program uh, slot for the GPS program. So I had the uh, opportunity and the fortune to be on the space vehicle development team for the next block of GPS satellites. I've been there for three years, and I'm just now transitioning over to the Commander's Action Group of the CAG uh, as the incoming uh, speechwriter for General Thompson. So great opportunity, but I've really uh, loved my time working in GP and the GPS program office. So, yeah, it's been fascinating. I guess in order to write a good speech, you need to know how to uh, deliver one. So this is a good, like, little practice yeah, for you Yeah, it's a there. good practice. You <laughs> know, Absolutely. hopefully General Thompson can hear it and uh, give me some honest feedback and <laughs> let me know where I need to improve. But... Uh, in his speech, like, nor, no war eagle. You know, <laughs> he, that, oh. until that hard rule is set, I may have to keep writing it in. I like I it. Know, yeah. It's like I an like Easter it. egg. You just kind of plant yeah, it in there and see exactly. if they find yeah. it. <laughs> so I know, like, with 2.0, there's a lot going on. Um, Usually, if there's a 2.0, that means um, there was an update. There was a 1.0 when my mm-hmm. when my iPhone software updates and goes from iOS, you know, nine to ten. I know something, some big changes are coming. Mm-hmm. What are the big changes? What are, what's the vision here? Well, the vision is um, to help us respond 
uh, more quickly to the threat that's coming out. So as we all know, there's uh, known threats in the space domain, and uh, it's been declared that space is a warfighting domain at this time. Um, we've been delivering uh, capabilities to the warfighter at the speed of acquisitions, which oh, the answer for anything acquisitions related is, is it depends, right? Um, so now space has become a huge priority in our government. Um, so there is a need for us to increase the tempo for which we are delivering warfighter capabilities. Um, we've already been doing some things quickly, um, but at this point, um, you know, with new advances in technology, uh, the enemy is actually fielding things much quicker than we've been in the past. A so a little scary. It is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, our 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 center has been primarily focused on. Um, following the processes that the acquisition community has required us to do, which is fine. It's it's um, a way to prevent uh, certain things from happening and, and making sure that every, everything is fair and competitive, um, which we're still going to be doing. Um, but we have a lot of processes uh, regarding safety and, and contracting, and um, we're trying to get at what are some better ways of doing things based on our risk posture. So smaller systems, uh, that we want to try to field, we can actually um, have more risk to that, and we can try to field those things quicker, try some new experimental things, putting some interesting new innovations on orbit, and seeing if if those types of assets will actually hold and, and be value to our warfighter. Um, so traditionally in the past, we have been structured to deliver capabilities by mission area. So we've had uh, remote sensing mission area, GPS mission area, MILSATCOM mission area, among others. And we found that those communities were very stovepiped. So they would only act within their one mission area. And then everything bubbled up to the SMC commander, who's also dual hatted as the PEO for space. Um, and that one person, it's very difficult to make decisions in a timely manner. General yeah. Thompson's calendar is just crazy full all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it it puts a lot of burden on him, too. And there's a lot of programs that are out there that are of lower dollar value that can be delegated. Um, we can assign authorities to other people. So he, he wanted to challenge us to seek those ways of doing that. Um, so we are doing what we call flattening the organization. And we are um, kind of taking those stovepipes and, and turning them around so they're a little more horizontal. We are adding more uh, program executive officers to our structure, okay. which allows them to make the, some of the decisions that General Thompson was having to make. What's, what's a, is that like, um, is that another general? or is it No, like it, well, it's, it's the lead acquisition officer for a number of programs. So okay. they are required to have a portfolio of a certain dollar value. And at the time, General Thompson had the largest uh, PEO folder in the Air Force. So in a sense, by breaking it up a little bit, it places some of the other, um, I won't say burden, but level yeah. of programs on other people. So he's not the sole person making all these huge programs. Yeah, a good corollary to that is, uh, you know, in the aircraft world, there's a PEO fighter bomber and PEOs for other like ISR. And imagine all of that being under just one person. And now we're kind of going away from that one person structure. And I remember when I first got here in 2016, General Greaves was still here. Mm -hmm. And and when the turnover to General Thompson happened, one of the first things he said was, this is not General Thompson, the decision maker, and 4,999 action officers giving me status, right? He wants to take advantage of some of the senior officers on base and some of the more junior officers, but 
I mean, there are people on this base with 20 plus years yeah. of acquisition experience, you know, working with industry and with our, you know, support contractors to deliver capability to the warfighter. And, you know, from where he sat, those got th- those uh, senior leaders should be empowered to make decisions in their programs in their portfolios. Yeah. They're, they're subject matter experts, you know, yeah. they're, you know, General Thompson, I'm sure, or any like general has a thousand things going on. They need to, their scope, their you know, aperture is like this. Uh, I'm sure when you can actually delegate, you know, you're saying you trust people too mm-hmm. and empowers them mm-hmm. and uh, seldom does empowerment lead you astray. So yeah. that's, I mean, leadership yeah. 101, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we, we definitely are trying to get um, even folks at the lowest level to take ownership of their programs and, and their processes and what they're working on. And, and this new construct, in a sense, does that. And so we've, we've uh, broken out um, basically all the programs we've been them based on where they are in the acquisition uh, life cycle. So some are in the development phase where they're working on prototypes and innovation. We've got more that are definitely much more production-like. So some systems that have been around longer that are essentially coming off the assembly line, they're in production. We have another core that we're setting up called the enterprise core, and those are the services that um, everybody uses. So for instance, the launch enterprise. Everybody has to use launch enterprise to get the satellite on orbit. <laughs> kind of a critical um, part, the ride to get exactly. up there. Yeah, the taxi, the FedEx. We're working on... But don't tell them we said that. You know, they already know that. So, <laughs> so like, there, is there a hierarchy within space, almost like, or uh, within here, like, almost like, hey, there's fighter pilots and there's heavy pilots, you know, is, you is know, there something I, like that? <laughs> I haven't seen it too much, but I think... Uh, you'd probably find that the there is, and it looks different for everybody. The launch guy is probably thinking, you know, launch is the most important. I've had a lot of launch buddies of mine say, launch is the most exciting. That's like the fireworks. And then all the satellite guys are, no, no, when the satellite turns on and you got a good connection, you know that you spent yeah. billions of dollars and it's going it to deliver capability. Eureka you know? moment. Yeah, so exactly. it just depends on where you sit, I think. Well, you want to have pride in what you do. So yeah, yeah, that's cool sure. if you can have faith in, you know, your, yeah. your system. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we're looking at starting a new kind of cross-mission ground directorate, so any kind of a ground system so that it's all fused together. We can ensure that the operator um, is not only just operating the satellite, but they're able to glean the data and make it usable for mm. battle space awareness purposes. So so we've got a number of different ground systems that are kind of merging together to work together. Okay. Um, and uh, And then we have our logistics arm also within the enterprise core. Um, and then we have a whole, a whole host of services across base that help support those. So our contracting shop, our finance shop, our talent right. management, our personnel shop training. Yeah. Those are in what we call the Atlas Core. You know, they hold everything on their shoulders. They're <laughs> kind of the, yeah. the key linchpins to make sure that this organization is running fluidly. Absolutely, absolutely. So now um, we talked about empowering folks and some junior folks. Well, on this base, a captain's a junior person. You know, it's like the Pentagon, yeah. right? Where you're like, <laughs> um, talk, talk to me a little bit about what you've, you've seen here. Because you've been here, you said, since 2016. I've been here since 2016. That's uh, real rough having to be in L.A. for You know, it's years. a tough yeah. life for some people, but, you know, I'll carry the burden, I think. No it, one's got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so it was Really interesting when my family and I moved out here. I was stationed at Eglin Air Force Base. It was my first assignment. One beach to another. (laughs) Yeah, but I was doing something completely different in terms of uh, uh, trying to support the delivery of advanced munitions at the Armament Directorate. And uh, and in particular, working on B-61, which is part of the nuclear arsenal. So I went from working uh, small tactical nuclear uh, acquisitions to space acquisitions. And 
uh, it's really great how this base takes on you know, young talent and starts to mature them so that they can be great space acquisition professionals because that talent management piece is certainly critical. Mm-hmm. But since I've gotten here, I've seen, you know, tangible results and uh, tangible changes to the way we do business here at SMC. And, and in particular, I, I started um, on a new program, which was the GPS3 follow-on program, okay. which was the competition to essentially procure 22 space vehicles, uh, basically ensuring GPS out through 2050, right? That's a pretty big ask for a, of, you know, 26 yeah. year old, 28 year old. Oh, no, no, no. At no. least at the time. I'm the ripe old age of 32. <laughs> so I guess I got to get 29. But, um, I've got two kids, so that helps me age quicker, I think. There, I don't yeah. know. But when I got here and we were starting this new program, this new, uh, you know, adventure in acquisitions kind of, it was, okay, we've got to go all the way up to uh, the Office of the Secretary of Defense, get approval. Well, it's, that sounds simple, but there are layers and layers of pre-approval that you have to get. Yeah, the meeting before the meeting the before meeting the meeting. The meeting before the meeting before the meeting. And in, in, in the course of us trying to get this new program started, by the way, one of the largest acquisitions in the history of the Air Force, not just here at SMC, we were fortunate enough that OSD and the Air Force were able to work out, hey, we should probably delegate this program away from OSD back to the Air Force. And that literally changed the game for us. We were able to award this $6 billion contract in half the time it usually takes. Really? And we did it so fast that we essentially caught almost everybody off guard. Our our, uh, industry partners, our aerospace and uh, support contractors, but it's just a testament to mm-hmm. the changes that are being made here at SMC. So, so these changes, um, they've already been implemented uh, even before the official 2.0. Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're kind of mm-hmm. following what's working, and you're seeing what's working, and yeah, you kind of is that what's well, going on? I think so. Just, when when yeah. I came into GPS. Um, we already had a lot of initiatives that were looking at streamlining and empowering people. And I had the opportunity to work um, for, uh, at the time, Colonel Whitney, now General Whitney, who was certainly about developing the next generation of acquisition professionals. And he empowered his material leaders, the program office leaders, to let us, you know, the captains, make relatively large decisions. And it wasn't a second-guess show. It wasn't, bring me the status and I'll make the decision. It was, no, you are the space vehicle lead. So you're going to sit there across from your industry counterpart, and you're going to tell me why it's okay that we can fuel this satellite and then launch it, right? So it's a lot of responsibility. We're really fortunate that we have leadership support all the way at the top. And I think that 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 mentality carries through the center. Um, and it is certainly a shift in the way we're uh, going to approach acquisitions going forward yeah. as 2.0 finalizes. So with 2.0 uh, finalizing and uh, coming online and all that good stuff, what, what are you most excited about? What, what, should, you know, what, what, what should we be seeing? What are, most excited what, about? That's yeah. a good question. So <laughs> coming up, well, I would say that um, you know, in the Advanced Development uh, Directorate, which is now part of the Development Core, um, they're running a program called, or an uh, acquisition contract called SPEC-OT, Space Enterprise Consortium. And it's really reaching non-traditional vendors at this point. So people who have, or organizations, um, uh, contractors that have not typically wanted to work for the government or work in space with us. Um, We're trying to reach out to those smaller vendors, get them um, interested in working on government contracts. And so the SPEC-OT 
um, is really uh, working to increase the membership of that. There's up to 300 members now. Um, I can't remember. Uh, it's like 200, $242 dollars million million of funds. So, so, so we're really looking at innovating the way we do contracting, the way we bring in um, new business and, and new ideas and new innovations. And that's one of the vehicles for which we're doing it. Another thing that's really exciting coming up is um, the Portfolio Architect team. They're kind of our our main integrators across the center. Um, They are sponsoring Pitch Day, Space Pitch Day for Dr. Roper. So Dr. Roper did a pitch day in New York last fall. It was very successful. He offered up uh, a number of million dollars for contractors to come in and he swiped a, a GPC yeah. card and said, here you go, we're giving yeah, you this contract, yeah, literally. <laughs> start to deliver this. And oh, he, yeah. Bring and, me the good idea, Ferry, and if it's good enough, exactly. I'll swipe my credit card. So we're gonna wow. do the th- wow. same thing for space programs. Um, we're still working out the dates and location, but we'll be announcing that here really soon. And we've got a great team, Lieutenant Colonel Rock McMillan from the Portfolio Architect team is doing a great job advocating across various contractors saying, hey, this event's coming up, please bring your good ideas to the table if it's something that we think we can use at SMC, we'll swipe a GPC card and put you on contract. So that is um, one of our really key events that we're really stoked about coming up in the future. So so we're seeing that. Um, We're seeing, we're going to actually start um, moving people around here soon too, so that they're sitting amongst each other within their cores. Anytime you reorg, right, there's going to be that shuffle and, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think what I'm looking forward to the most is when, you know, this may sound a little corny, right? But it's, it's when <laughs> uh, the space operators, you know, can, can look back at us and say, man, you guys are really delivering this capability faster. I've seen upgrades mm-hmm. to my ground control system, you know, every month, and it's just getting better and better. And I think that those are some of the improvements you're going to see. I think that there's a lot of initiatives trying to align the way we, you know, even just procure satellite systems and find a way to drive commonality so that you can, if you have an issue inside your production build, you can just swap that component out from another production line and be confident that it's going to meet your mission requirements. That's a large part of what's going to make space go faster. So I think as we can drive towards more of those common solutions, uh, we'll be able to deliver capability faster. Mm -hmm. And I think once the warfighter starts to see it, I think that they're going to be just as excited as we are to start, you know, implementing that technology. And when they don't have to wait, you know, so long to get what they need. And it sounds like you're, you're thinking about things they need before they even maybe realize they need, they need it. Shortening that, that feedback loop is certainly key. And I think that we're seeing some of that already with some of the uh, enterprise common ground solutions that we're pursuing. And it's great too, because I think things like space pitch day and spec OT, those commercial companies are coming to the table with things that they've already developed and things that they can leverage for the commercial industry that maybe we can capitalize on as well. So things that we didn't even know we could create that were out there, we can now deliver to the warfighter. That sounds exciting. I'm really interested to see how this will go too. I know your space specific one that you were talking about just a moment ago. I feel like that that's the way of the future right there. That's a new way of doing business. Yeah, you guys should come to the pitch day and interview some of the industry guys and see what they think about, you know, how the Air Force is changing the way they do business. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's sold. So you said it was Maui? Yeah, Yeah. no, just Northern California, so still pretty close to the coast. Sold. I can do that. There we go. I mean, anytime I have to leave Colorado Springs, I'm a little upset, but that's one place I'd be okay with. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we're kind of starting to wind down a little bit, um, but beforehand, I want to know, um, as 
there anything we haven't talked about that you, maybe you want to mention or something we have talked about that maybe you just want to foot stomp a little bit? Um, well, we didn't really talk too much about portfolio architect. I think uh, that's really a key linchpin to ensuring the success of SMC 2.0. Okay. They're, they're the visionaries of where we're going in the future. Um, and they work hand in hand with the folks at headquarters Air Force Base Command to ensure that we are in total lockstep and alignment with what the operator needs and what they're they're wanting to see in the future. So they're helping define our architectures, seeing how we can leverage capabilities from a GPS satellite onto a cyber satellite, things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, reinventing our, our platforms, how we're doing business. So I think that's the real key new piece to um, SMC 2.0 that's, that's really gonna be what we keep our eye on in the future. Let me ask you this in three sentences, 10 seconds or less. What would you say victory looks like? What does the gold medal look like here? Where we can slash timelines, deliver. Consistent speed. Consistent, consistent speed. speed. Um, you know, produce what we can produce in a much more production-like manner. Um, do things quicker. Do things smartly. Um and, and deliver some really interesting innovations across the board. Yeah, I think to your original question on oh, something to highlight, I think it's an important note that just because there's some change in the way we're structured, that doesn't mean that we've lost sight of the systems that we're currently delivering. And I think it's worth a, a foot stomp that you know, GPS is still going to be delivered at the end of the day, right? And just because we're changing the way we deliver it faster and with more capability doesn't mean that the programs that already have a lot of momentum that are absolutely critical to meeting capability needs today and also meeting needs for the public, right, for the world, those programs are still going to deliver and not lose momentum throughout the change. So nothing we should be worrying about. Yeah, you can <laughs> still plug in uh, how to get to the pitch day in your GPS. You'll find Okay, it. I guess exactly. we'll call up Lyft and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, you can still yeah. use Uber and use the ATM. And it's the Gram. <laughs> Got it. All right, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so uh, we're winding down. So there's one qu- – um, so I've been doing something, uh, ending these uh, by asking you one question. It's completely random and off topic. I'll lead with you, ma'am, give you a second okay, to think about yeah, it. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks for sparing the junior <laughs> officer, really. <laughs> He gave me, he slept me a 20 for that. Uh, awesome. What do you live your life by? What's your theme song? Your, oh my goodness. Your, your, your guiding, your, your North Star. What's, you know, what would I see on your Twitter? You know, that kind of deal. <laughs> what do you have a tattoo of? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. But, you know, the bumper sticker. Um, I'll say family is my guiding force. You know, I really hope to deliver um, to my family a, a world that's better than, than, what it was when I started, right? And and I firmly believe in space and what we can do in the future and where it's going. It's a really exciting time to be part of the the space community. And but in the end, we all do it for our families, right? Because um, we want to protect them and make sure that they're going to be safe. And um, so I would say that's what what guides me the most. That's good. That's, that's a good, good answer. I'll follow with. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a really great song called "I Was Born for This," and I think that's part of kind of the mantra that I approach um, my life by. Is I feel like I was born to be a part of this awesome Air Force team and provide you know my small part. Uh, to protect our way of life and deliver capabilities and be a part of the warfighting community. You know, AFSpace and SMC are really closely related, um, obviously. And I feel like every time I step foot on the base or, you know, get caught by retreat and 
or get the opportunity to salute the flag at the end of the day, I feel like I was born for this. And I think it's really a core part of how I approach the day. Uh, when, when, you, when you like what you do, when you feel like you're in the right place, um, life's good. Life's yeah, good. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm going to actually follow up with one more question, oh, man. No. I'm going to put you on the spot oh. here. So our audio engineer really would want me to bring this up. We hear you are an avid guitar player. I won't say avid. <laughs> I've been playing maybe two years. That's why you keep your hobbies secret. They're about to make you play guitar. Uh, I don't you know. just like one day you just decide to learn like two years ago, something like that, and boom, you pick Bucket it up. Bucket list, you know, you have that midlife crisis and you decide, okay, I need to do something. So I, I would just say you can teach an old dog new tricks. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy playing. It's It's been kind of my, my lifeline uh, since I've gotten here. Great stress reliever. And when I'm you know, sitting around at home watching TV, and I feel like I'm wasting my life watching Game of Thrones. That is um, no waste. That's <laughs> not a waste. Yeah. Then, then I pick up my guitar and I play some songs and learn something new, and it just is really fulfilling. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for your time. I hope thank this you. wasn't too bad. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking a couple minutes to speak with us. Hey, anytime. See you at pitch day. All right. Yep. Well, hey, that's another episode of uh, Generation Space coming to you out of SMC here in lovely Los Angeles. Um, thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you on the show for next time. Take care. Generation Space is a production of Air Force Space Command's Public Affairs. The Generation Space theme is by First Lieutenant Tyler Whiting, and Jacob Mosolf is our audio engineer. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment, and share our podcast. Not bad, right? Drop the mic. <laughs> Boom, get out of here.